and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Earlier today, we had James Jones on, the president of basketball operations and general manager for the Phoenix Suns. Now, normally we have James on every Wednesday. We didn't see any point in having James on on Wednesday, the day before the trade deadline. We knew we wanted to talk to him afterwards. Suns were kind enough to oblige us, and so we had James on today. And obviously, a lot to talk about with James with the acquisition of Kevin Durant. If you missed our conversation with James Jones, here it is. Super Bowl's in town, and we haven't done anything except talk Suns for the last few days. So you guys have taken over the buzz in this town. Let me ask you, I know I know you had spoken to the Nets a few times over the summer when KD requested a trade, but you guys were never able to, to get a deal done for you know various reasons. When did you begin to revisit the KD to the Suns and this mega trade that just went down? Uh, sorry, say again, the last part you broke up a little bit. When did you begin to revisit it? You had spoken to the Nets over the summer about KD when he requested a trade. Obviously, he stayed with the Nets, but it became after the after Kyrie left. Is that when you began to revisit a potential trade with Brooklyn? I mean, no, it came together really, really quickly. Um, I would say it was a couple of days before um, we actually made the deal. Um, we connected on, on multiple things, but, you know, it was the subject of KD potentially, you know, being in Phoenix um, was something that he wanted to pursue and something that the Nets were open to discussing. And so we started having conversation and they went really, really quickly. Yeah, I know what the Nets may have wanted in July may be different from what they wanted now. But let me just ask you, over the summer, did you feel at any point over the summer that you were close to getting a deal done with Brooklyn for Durant or was it or was it always that you just didn't have what it would take to get a deal done um, I, I really couldn't get a good gauge in the summer um, my, my sense was they didn't want to trade him um, they, they wanted to explore and, and do everything they could to try to get a really good player one of the greatest ever to, to remain with the franchise and I think you know him remaining with them early it, it was it was evident that um, he would have been great with them. Uh, they started out great in, in Brooklyn. And then once circumstances changed, I, I think they just felt it was, it was best to move on. And uh, they reengaged. And, um, you know, you never really know whether or not anything, any of these things would get done. But I was more confident this time than I was in the summer that we could get across the finish line. You've spoken to us many, many times, James, about patience, uh, whether it was a Jay Crowder trade, whether it was the first round picks. You've, you've often spoken of patience here. Was Kevin Durant always ultimately in the back of your mind or even in the front of your mind the the manifestation of that patience, like the goal throughout all of it? Was it always Kevin Durant for you? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, like, it's very rarely you get a chance to be in, in the conversation with players of his caliber. Uh, so if, if you hold out and think that I'll just wait for that day to come, um, I think you're actually foolish. I don't think that's patience. I think that's foolishness. And so for us, it was trying to position ourselves to be ready um, if, a, if an opportunity like this presented itself. And I think we were because we had all our draft picks, uh, because we've been diligent uh, with how we built the team. Um, but more importantly, just because as, as time has gone on, I think we've established ourselves as a, as a good franchise. And, and when you do that, great players, good players want to be there. And it makes it easier for you to make extremely tough decisions like we did uh, when we had to, you know, and, and include two guys, three guys that, you know, were instrumental for us when they have to be a part of, uh, of a trade. So yeah. it's, 
you know, you have to be patient, but um, you also have to get lucky. I want to ask you about those guys because obviously we're, you know, a lot of people in the Valley are celebrating and we're congratulating you, but there's a, there's a, a tough side to this and there's a flip side to the coin. You drafted Cam Johnson. You obviously a huge part of the organization throughout Mikel's, you know, development, Jay Crowder, the acquisition. How difficult was it to part ways with three guys who were, you know, two of which were especially instrumental this year, three of which were huge for you guys over the last few. How tough was that for you? It's extremely difficult um, on a personal level. Um, I understand, like, it makes for, for good headlines. And, and I always say the drama and the, the shock and the disappointment that comes with trade season is everything that fans and people love uh, to consume. Um, it's the drama that makes sports special and spectacular. But ultimately, like, you know, they're, they're people. They're people first. The people that we get a chance to, to compete with and, and that we, we, we tend and learn to love. And, uh, and sacrifice with so it's, it's extremely difficult um, you get over it we all understand it's a part of business but that doesn't mean that it's the part of business that you have to really appreciate and love I had heard that the that the Suns were reluctant to include Mikael Bridges in, in any deal last summer. I mean, KD or anything else because of just how much value you put on him as a player. Obviously, you signed him to a contract extension. What At, at this point, what made you decide to include him in the deal? Was, was, it, was it Mikael Bridges had to be in the deal to get it done? Is that why you eventually did it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think like anyone would if, if you're one if you're pursuing one of the, the greatest players of all time um you're going to want a really good player in return at a minimum and um, there just was no package or, or no configuration that um was going to be suitable for them that didn't include Mikel. and so that's that's the tough part about it um it, it signals two things that you know Mikel's a really good player which is why uh, we were reluctant to have him in those conversations um and then two that it takes a really good player to get a great player and you know that's the cost of, of of trying to compete for titles how hard did you try to do a deal without including mikhail um i mean it's as hard as i could um you never want to give up your good player so um i think if it was just that easy to, to do it i mean there wouldn't have been a discussion um this was a long process when we talked about cam mikhail jay crowder uh, dario sarge because it's just not um KD. It's the other guys that have been a part of what we've been doing that had to be included in some form or fashion. So, look, I, I get it. It's it's uh, it's a great time to be here in Phoenix where you have you know renewed excitement about our championship aspirations and our, and our guys that are no longer with us are going to go on to do great things. So, you know, we move forward and we try to improve and and, and continue to push towards the championship. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show for his weekly visit, and again, our thanks for uh, moving things around to you and the Suns organization, because it just made more sense to do it this way. There's obviously a new dynamic in play now going into this trade deadline, and that's the new owner, Matt Ishbia. How how was it working with him? How influential was he in this deal? How how different did that make things for you as you went about doing your job going into this deadline, knowing that you had him working kind of behind the scenes alongside with you on this one? Matt's been extremely uh, supportive and, and collaborative in, in the sense that he, he brings a fresh perspective and and a desire, desire to make decisions in, in the best interest of the franchise. And he said it before, it takes what it takes. We're about winning. Uh, he wants to win and, and win 
win at a high level and wants us to be an elite franchise. And the only way you can do that is you have to you have to um, make big bold moves, and he's done that. Um, he's encouraged us to do that, and we'll continue to do that as long as uh, as he's on board with it. Does the financial portion of this that comes along with adding a guy like KD is that uh, you know I don't know what kind of discussions you had had with Matt prior to him taking over, but it was that a relief to know that 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 was not going to be a concern for him or hold him back from making a deal like this, given how deep in the luxury tax you might go with it? I mean, it helps. It helps. I mean, it's it, you know everyone knows it costs us a tremendous amount of money to make this move, um, but you know we'll, we'll worry about that um, by focusing on winning. And so it's, it's great to have that partnership, and uh, we'll be diligent and smart. You know, it's not a, a blank check to just go out here and try to use money to solve all your problems. We still have to play well. We still have to develop well. We still have to, to do all those things to improve. Um, money's just not the cure, uh, but it definitely can be an asset and a tool. Diligent and smart. I, I mean, I give you a, a, just so much credit for resisting the temptations, you know, over the last seven or eight months to to trade draft assets to go get in a player that, you know, is just an okay player. I mean, there there, there were some good players available at OG Ananobia, John Collins, uh, Fred Van Vliet that you, ju- you guys just didn't have interest in. And I think by holding on to those draft picks you know, and, and showing some resolve and patience, it allowed you to be in a position to do this. Because let's be honest, if you had traded two of those draft picks at any point for somebody else, you're not making a Kevin Durant trade two days ago. I mean, what the calculus is, are the decisions that we're making, are they going to make us an elite team or an elite franchise? And when you look at it through, through that lens, um, I think decisions become easier from a fan perspective, from you know an outsider perspective. Uh, you always want excitement. You want an injection of something different. Um, but for us, that difference, that, that difference has to be a real di- difference maker. And I think that's what we got in KD. From your perspective as a basketball guy, how difficult did it just get to guard the Phoenix Suns when you've got everybody healthy and on the floor at the same time, James? Um, I, I think we got a little bit better. I mean, I'll leave it to our guys. I, I think <laughs> I, we all know how we all know how extremely confident and potent they are. Uh, but we don't need to to promote ourselves. You know, we'll just have to let our play dictate that. Buyer beware on the on the buyout market. Right? There's a reason that a lot of these players are are getting let go, and teams the teams are letting them go, and they don't want them, and they don't want to bring them back next year. But will you look heavily into the buyout market? Do you feel like that's an avenue to add some 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 size and defense to this roster. Uh, Gambo, you ask me these questions all the time. You know, like, will you go and look at the buyout market? Of course. You know, you, you have to. You know, it's an opportunity to improve our team. I've always said, if there's a chance to improve our team, we'll use every every avenue. Uh, we'll explore all opportunities to get better. And if we can find someone that, one, has the skill set that we want um, and that can help us, and two, they're willing to come in and, and, and do what we need them to do for us to be a successful team, we'll look at it. Uh, hoping those two things match up. Um, would be. Um, I hope those two things match up if, if we can find someone. Well, what do you think if, if if a trade for Kevin Durant did not come about? What, what do you think the Suns would have done? Would you would you have basically stood pat with the roster and tried to get healthy? Would you have made a minor move? Was there any other major moves that you may have made? Oh, we we consider a lot of things, and I'll say this is the one that we zeroed in on. But uh, I won't get into specifics. But we had a multitude of, of options that we were would have explored. But we, no, we wouldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have 
to it, Pat. Like, that wasn't the plan or is never the plan. Um, only if all those things fall through, but I was fairly confident we would do something. I do, something have, to, major. I do have to ask you about Darius Baisley. You traded Dario Saric, and obviously it does save you money on the tax, but here's a kid that he does seem to fit the James Jones mold of being a versatile defensive player that could guard one two, five. He fell out of favor a little bit and was struggling, but if you just ask him to come in and play some defense, it does look like he's a guy that has that defensive versatility that you like. Well, he has a chance here with us. You know, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, um, extremely athletic, uh, a great defender, uh, can finish above the rim, but most importantly, um, can play and pick up full court. And that's what we need around our guys. You know, we, we, we're going to have enough scoring. We just need guys that defensively uh, can bring something uh, on a nightly basis that we haven't had in the past. All right, that was James Jones from earlier today. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll give you our thoughts on some of the stuff he said, some of the stuff we learned about this next on the Burns and Gambo show burns and gambo afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader yeah i said before i'll say it again re-listening to james jones there was definitely a you could say somber but i think if nothing else a a respectful tone to the conversation he doesn't want to get up and do a dance because he got Kevin Durant. He doesn't want to get up and do a dance because his new owner just committed to go $40 million in the luxury tax or anything. He didn't want to answer a question about how good he thought they were going to be offensively with KD. He didn't, he didn't want to touch that, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to go bragging or anything. And I think part of that is reflected in the guys they gave up to make this happen. I think it was a very somber kind of thing for the Suns to have to say goodbye to Mikel and Cam. Sure. I think that that could be part of it, too, right? You don't want to be over, over, over joyous because you just traded, you know, Cam and Mikael. I mean, you you have a lot of respect for those guys, and it had to be very difficult for everybody involved to say goodbye to two guys that you drafted, developed, and worked out. You know, for James, Cam Johnson was his guy. That was his golden ticket. You know, draft pick. Yeah, you drafted him like. They who? Remember Cam Johnson? Cam Johnson? <laughs> right. So for James... Yes, I remember that well. <laughs> Ryan McDonough drafted Mikael Bridges, and it was an excellent pick by Ryan McDonough. It was an absolute trade. It was a great trade. It was a great pick. He hit gold. James picked Cam Johnson, and everybody looked at why are you picking that guy? Like, everybody thought he was a second round or something. It was a great pick. It was a truly great pick. So for him to trade a guy that really helped him, like, what established James Jones as a good GM is several different things. One of them was taking Cam Johnson. Yeah. And then when you trade Cam Johnson, and I think everybody understands it, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right, you got to go for it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's like yeah, these guys don't become available very often, somebody this great. So you got to try to do it. You got to try to win that elusive championship. Um, but it is bittersweet because the guys you lost, you really did care about as players and people. Yeah. We asked him too if the reason why he was being so patient with draft picks and players and not making a deal was. Was it because he always had a guy like KD in the back of his mind, specifically KD in the back of his mind? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, like, it's very rarely you get a chance to be in, in the conversation with players of his caliber. Uh, so if, if you hold out and think that I'll just wait for that day to come, um, I think you're actually foolish. I don't think that's patience. I think that's foolishness. And so for us, it was trying to position ourselves to be ready um, if, a, if an opportunity like this presented itself. And I think we were because we had all our draft picks, uh, because we've been diligent uh, with how we built the team. Um, but more importantly, just because as, as time has gone on, I think we've established ourselves as a, as a good franchise. And, and when you do that, great players, good players want to be there. And it makes it easier for you to make extremely tough decisions like we did 
uh, when we had to, you know, and, and include two guys, three guys that, you know, were instrumental for us when they have to be a part of, uh, of a trade. Yeah. So it's, you know, you have to be patient, but um, you also have to get lucky. Two guys, three guys, three guys, sorry. Three guys, Jake Crowder. <laughs> you, know, you got two guys, three guys, three guys. It was three in there, yes. <laughs> it is kind of awkward, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's. I even feel like it's a little awkward for Cam because Mikel is just getting all the love. Right? It's just, oh, Mikel, oh, Mikel, oh, Mikel. You know, Cam Johnson was a, a popular player, was a good player. And for all of the problems we had with Jay since Media Day and, and even dating back to last summer, for the two years that he was here, Jay was a very important part of the team. You can't deny that. I also thought it was interesting, too, that James, yes, there was absolutely a plan in place if Kevin Durant wasn't available. We consider a lot of things, and I'll say this is the one that we zeroed in on, but I won't get into specifics, but we had a multitude of, of options that we were would have explored, but you know, we wouldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have stood pat. Like, that wasn't the plan or is never the plan. Um, only if all those things fall through, but I was fairly confident we would do something. Fairly confident they were going to do something. They weren't going to sit pat. Like they, you know, they were going to move Dario. They were going to move Jay. They were going to try to try try to find a piece here. They were never going to do anything big. No OG Ananobi. No John Collins. No Fred Van Vliet. No Jakob Portal. Like they weren't doing anything like that. But they did have some options out there to make some moves with players. Uh, my understanding from what I was told that there were definitely some pieces that they could have brought in to kind of just help the team along uh, in their push to try to win a championship. And they would have tried to do that with or without. Kevin Durant, it just makes it a lot easier right now with Kevin Durant. And then as far as the new owner is concerned, I mean, certainly the money that was being, that he was willing to spend was a factor in all of this. He talked about the process of working with a new owner. Matt's been extremely uh, supportive and, and collaborative in, in the sense that he, he brings a fresh perspective and and desire desire to make decisions in, in the best interest of the franchise. And he said it before, it takes what it takes. We're about winning. Uh, he wants to win and, and win at a high level and wants us to be an elite franchise. And the only way you can do that is you have to, you have to um, make big, bold moves. And he's done that. Um, he's encouraged us to do that. And we'll continue to do that as long as, uh, as he's on board with it. A lot of the reporting about this that has come from Woj or came today from ESPN.com's Ramona Shelburne, our friend, and Brian Windhorse, uh, who kind of wrote a behind the scenes, you know, how this all went down. Man, it's it's got Ishbia's fingerprints all over it. I mean, just in terms of, like, he was the first one to make the call to Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets. And, you know, he, he was kind of pushing this and he was kind of pushing that. Why do they all want to make a big splash? Yeah. Everyone, Bomber when he came in, Joe Sy when he came in. You know, some of these owners, they, 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 when they get a hold of the team, if you go back and look up, do it, do it, they try to make a big splash. I mean, he, and that's a huge splash. I mean, my, he might, this guy might, have you know just become the owner, but he might be hoisting a championship trophy in like three months, something that Phoenix has never had before. Like we're three months away, it's February. We're middle of February, right? So middle of March, middle of April, middle. No, the NBA Finals at four months away. The NBA Finals Game Seven ends on June eighteenth. Mm-hmm. So four months from now. The NBA Finals will be coming to a close. He could be hoisting a championship trophy if this works. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Kevin Durant blows the ceiling off the Sun system. That's the headline on one very popular website today. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. 
Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. One other note from the NBA just coming down. By the way, uh, Suns are beating the Pacers 28-20 to with a minute and a half to go in the first quarter there. Um, well-rounded scoring. Torrey Craig's got seven. Akogi's got six. Aiton's got six. Booker's got five. Ish Wainwright has four off the bench. Uh, right now, the Suns actually a 30-22 to lead right now over the Indiana Pacers with less than a minute to go. Uh, did you see one of the trades from yesterday might get rescinded? I did not. You'll have to fill me in. Gary Payton the second. Oh, the Warriors. Failed his physical. The Warriors. Could miss two to three months after a core muscle issue showed up in his oh, physical my. Friday morning, putting the four-team deal between the Warriors, Pistons, Hawks, and Blazers in jeopardy. The Warriors ruled him as a failed physical on Friday. That was Weissman, right? Uh-huh. Have until Saturday oh, to either go through the deal... And say, okay, technically we're going to pass the physical or rescind the entire trade. They just traded for a guy who's going to have to miss two to three months. I was just looking at, I was absolutely just looking at that trade. Just because they they were really happy to get Gary Payton back. Yes. Because Gary Payton's kind of been good for them. Yeah, so I was was reading a story about it and just looking at it. So it was, yeah, Gary Payton to Warriors, Pistons get Wiseman, Hawks get Bay, Trailblazers get Kevin Knox. They gave the Warriors a B. And it was some financial incentive. But it says swapping Wiseman to bring Payton back to the Bay after a brief sojourn in Portland doesn't save the Warriors all that much. But it talks about, you know, he's likely to offer the Warriors more help on the court than Wiseman. That he was a vital part of their teams going forward. He could defend bigger opponents, and they were just like they liked him. So that was uh, man. I thought you know a lot of people liked that the Warriors were bringing Peyton back. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And now if he has to go back to Portland, Gary Payton the second said this quote: "If you pay close attention to the players who have left Portland in the last year, there has been an unabashed excitement upon getting traded, almost like a relief." Close quote. Can you imagine if he had to go back after saying? that about wow. leaving Portland. So yeah, it was it was a four-team wow. deal. Weissman went to the Pistons. Sadiq Bay came to Golden State, but then they sent them to Atlanta for five second-round picks that they then sent to Portland for Gary Payton. And I thought it was a great acquisition for Golden State. I really did. Gary Payton was a huge part of their team last year, I thought. So I, I, I was a little worried about that acquisition, and now that one <clears throat> is in jeopardy. Now T.J. Warren came back to Phoenix. I mean, anything You can happen. always go home. You can always right? go home. Can always go home. John Bon Jovi sang it. Who says you can't go home? Uh huh. Kevin Durant. I don't know if he considers his home yet, but it will be at some point. We don't know exactly for sure when he's going to make his son's debut. We're anticipating sometime after the All Star break yeah. when he returns. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, you'd you'd have a hard time finding an article, and you looked, and I looked, and we emailed each other a thousand stories today. Boy, everybody's in love with this deal for the Suns. I, I mean, acknowledging the risk, acknowledging that yeah, he's older, and yeah, he's hurt a lot. But the offensive, I mean, to to see him being written about as maybe the best offensive player in the history of the NBA, to see him being written about as a top 15 all-time player in the NBA, and you start to realize exactly what the Suns might have done here. Yeah, you know, there was so many great articles about Durant, and, you know, today I just wanted to kind of sit back and see what other people were thinking, and... You know, I like to talk to different teams, you know, GMs and coaches and players from from other teams and kind of get a good, you know, feeling of what's going on.
on, but sometimes you read these stories, you get a lot. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, I love that the, the, this this column that you sent me was a, 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 a Vecini, Sam Vecini, Sam Vecini from the Athletic. Vecini, I'm sorry, Vecini. Vecini. Yeah, that, that that point about the top 15 player thing just absolutely blew my mind. And he's right on the money. He goes, "This isn't your typical All NBA top 15 player that you just traded for. This is one of the top 15 players in the history of the game. Yep, that's still in his peak." And he broke down. Like for anybody that doesn't think he's in his peak, this guy did a great job of breaking it down. Like here's why he's still in his peak. And it said, you know, here's what he's doing: points and rebounds and assists. And then he went over like shooting percentage and three point percentage and free throw percentage and talked about the time that they had this big run with Kyrie out. Like okay, like you sold, like sold. He re- did a great job of breaking down the the numbers and just how he is. Did you know he has the best field goal percentage of his career right now at 34 years old? This is the best he's ever had mm-hmm. his entire career. Mm-hmm. Been his league since 2007, and he is shooting his highest field goal percentage ever. But he also said, you know, and this was a great line too. If you have a genuine chance to win a title, and you also have a chance to acquire someone like Durant, it's a move you have to swing, regardless of the cost. The team learned that lesson the hard way last year when it chose not to make a significant deadline acquisition to bolster its chances. You were very hard on the Suns last year for not going out and doing anything big. You know, you wanted them to go do something. You wanted more. You wanted protection. We talked about insurance policies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, you know, you ended up being right. And that was his point. He's like, look, you learned your lesson last year. Mm -hmm. You didn't really do anything last year. Look what happened. You got beat by the Mavs. You didn't even get to the conference finals. You gotta, you gotta go for it. No matter what the cost is, you have to go for it. Now, are there questions? Of course, there are questions about the depth. Your depth of Josh Okoji and uh, Jacques Landale Damian and Ish Lee Wainwright and, and, yeah. and Damian Lee and Saban Lee. Their depth is not great. Their defense is not great. You just lost Mikael Bridges. He arguably was your best defender. He would guard everybody. Chris Paul's not a great defender anymore. He's not even good. Devin Booker's okay. He's an okay defender. Willing. Kevin Durant's a willing defender because of his size. At 6'10, like he's got length. He could, but that, who's going to guard Luca? Who's going to guard Kawhi Leonard? Who's going to guard the best players? Well, you know, is it Tory Craig? TJ Warren's not going to do it. So you've sacrificed defense and you've sacrificed depth. To, to to have this core four of guys who are better than anybody else's core four. Nobody else has a better four guys, but you got to win with those guys. So the problem with that is that you can't afford an injury, a bump in the road, a oh, sickness. No. You can't afford anybody to twist an ankle and be have a high ankle sprain and be out two weeks during the playoffs. Anything that happens kind of derails you because you don't have the depth behind. Yeah, it. and that's the risk. And make no mistake, this is a gamble. I mean, as much as uh, I, I mean, and I was glad to read him write that because I felt the same way. When Kevin Durant goes to the Nets and says okay, Kyrie's gone, I want to get out of here, I want to go to Phoenix and Phoenix only, you you have to. You, you, if you're the Suns and the Nets call you and say we want Mikel, Cam, and four unprotected first round picks, you say yes. When they say Jay Crowder too, initially you say no because you wanted to have Jay Crowder for a separate trade on your own, but eventually you have to say yes. The Nets absolutely Absolutely, have you over a barrel on a deal like this because you can't say no if you're the Suns. You can't. Kevin Durant's don't come available every day. That and the offensive, you know, versatility you now have with the things you can do. It's a, 
It's a no-brainer. What I loved about this article the most, though, was almost like debunking this idea that Kevin Durant isn't in his prime anymore. You know, like oh, totally. Like it's it's okay, but because I, I I heard from a lot of people on Twitter yesterday who were saying, yeah, Kevin Durant, he's good, but he's getting old. Yeah, he's hurt all the time. I'll give you the hurt thing. He's injured a lot. Kevin Durant is still very much at the peak of his powers. He is an unbelievable offensive basketball player. It doesn't matter that he's 34 years old. He can get his shot off from anywhere. He is still at his peak right now. He has a line that kind of backs up what you're just saying. He's ruthlessly efficient when he gets to the gets the ball and almost impossible to guard. Durant is so big, has such a high release point and such elite touch that you can't do anything to impact him on defense. He's shooting a higher percentage from the field than he ever has before and he's an assassin from everywhere in the mid-range. Durant's making 57.1% on all of his mid-range shots. Now, the Suns already are a mid-range shooting team. Right? They're not a three. They'll shoot threes, but they they thrive in the mid-court. Their sets, everything is designed to get mid-court shots. They break down defenses to create mid-range shots. Durant fits right in. Mm-hmm. That's a point that people have made. Like, you don't have to change your sets. You don't have to do a whole lot of things differently. Run all the same stuff. This is what you run. You run sets to get guys mid-range jump shots. Perfect. He's the best in the game at it. Run the same stuff. It'll work. Yeah. Chris likes the mid-range game. Book likes the mid-range game. Everybody, Mikhail and Cam. Cam likes the three-point game, but Mikhail liked the mid-range game. This is a really good setup for Durant to come in and just fit right in because everything that he's great at is kind of the way they're playing right now. No doubt. That's a great point. One other quick note about the Gary Payton thing, circling back to it yeah, for a please. second. Uh, Gary Payton, according to sources, had been playing through pain in Portland. Sources added the Blazers training staff had been pushing him to gut through it, giving him Toradol shots. This had not been relayed to the Warriors during the negotiation process. So they're giving him painkillers to play through the pain. That was not communicated to the Warriors during the medical reveal portion of the trade discussions where you're supposed to like share what you know. Yeah, they were given painkiller shots and they never said anything about it. Wow. Trouble. Trouble. Yeah, trouble. No wonder gotta, he wanted to get out of there. Yeah, no wonder he wanted to get out of there, well, right? What do we give Mitch to get through the show? <laughs> well, what do we give you? Swinkies? Uh, what do you got? Uh, what do you I got? just get to go home. That's Hostess how I get cupcakes. through. Cupcakes? <laughs> I take home. a sick week. He had uh, some, uh, he brought a crumble cookie from home. I'm like, oh, where are the cookies? Goes my house. I'm like, oh. Oh, man. Who got, who got you crumble cookies? I did. You went and bought them? Yeah. Those things are good. Things my pesky. You my, make it think. Like, you make it seem like I can't afford anything. I didn't say that. I can just, afford what I maybe want. Maybe somebody got it know? for you. I, I didn't. I didn't question that. I was just. Uh, I had my, my pest control when my dog. When we lost our dog a few weeks ago, my pest control guy sent a box of crumble cookies for us. What a good pest oh, that's control nice. guy! Yeah, what a nice, what a yeah. nice bug guy! Yeah, yeah, crumble, uh, crumble cookies, box of crumble. Kill the bugs, gain ten pounds. I wish nice. someone would bug me. I know, right? Seriously, yeah. do that for me. You should too. hire my pest control guy. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we made it to Friday, and guess what? We haven't talked about the Super Bowl much at all, so we're going to do it next just for the heck of it on the Birds and Gambo Show. Yeah, right? Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? 
All right, the games that we are going to watch this evening, and right now what we are watching here in studio is the Suns taking on the Indiana Pacers. Seven and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. Phoenix up by six. 44-38 so far is the score. He's lying. We're watching Property Brothers. God, why got to lie to people? We're watching the game. He's looking at the score on ESPN. We got Property Brothers on. You think they're really going to tear that wall down? <laughs> do you think these guys do all the work themselves? Or you think they just like they just oh, they pretend hire. that they do and then have somebody else? Do I it? think they do some of it. I bet they end up doing ten percent of it because I mean the way they're flipping these houses, the way they're fixing them on yeah. Property Brothers. You're talking about like a, a a renovation that would normally take three months, and they're cramming it into what six weeks. You need to hire dozens of guys to do something like that to flip it that quick. You like yeah, the tile that they're showing on the left, the middle, or the right? <laughs> I'd go with the middle tile. Uh, I you like see the renovation design. behind you. I like that design, the middle tile. Oh yeah, look at that. We got our new um, our new Arizona Sports. We changed the background here. Oh. That's different. You didn't even notice, did you? We got our new Arizona Sports logo. We took down the 98.7. It's all Arizona Sports. I would have never even noticed if you didn't say anything, Mitch. <laughs> I would have never noticed. That's how you know they did it's a like, good job. It's yeah. like when your wife wants to do something. Just do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Like I, I don't I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what color the walls are. I don't care what carpet. I don't care what flooring. I don't care. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. There are some things I care about. There are yeah. some things I don't. When uh, my wife and I got married many, many years ago, um, we were planning our wedding, and she came home with like three or four different pen holders for the guest book. And she's like, which one should we pick? I'm like, I really don't care. Right. No, really, I need your opinion. Which one should we pick? Honey, I really don't care. So now, after 26 years of marriage, when she asks me my opinion about something I don't care about, honey, Pen holder. <laughs> pen holder. Like, well, when, really, I don't care. When, when we re, when we remodeled our house, Chelsea was like 28, 29 years old. I go, you know, and she's like, I mean, we're remodeling everything. I go, why? Because she, cause it looks like a 50-year-old man lives here. I go, a 50-year-old man does live here. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it looks like. That's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's what it looks like. And you know what? A 50-year-old man still lives here. Yeah. Uh, Gambo's lying. We are, in fact, watching the Suns game. Uh, but I am looking at ESPN right now to tell you that Devin Booker has 11 points. He's 3 of 5 from 3. Ish Wainwright, 10 points off the bench in 8 minutes. Maybe he's the starter. Maybe he's the guy who's the fifth starter when Durant gets here. I mean, maybe it's a matchup thing. Like, different maybe. guys at different time. But there is no clear-cut number five starter Doesn't right seem now. to be, no. Okogie's got six. Troy Craig's got seven. DeAndre Ayton's got six. Uh, that is what's on tonight. Coyotes hockey is on tonight. They take on the Blackhawks tonight at 6.30. Our pregame coverage, which is about eight minutes away from that. We have spent very, very little time this week talking about the Super Bowl, and for good reason. New Suns owner, new Suns star, and Kevin Durant. Coaching search for the Cardinals. Any thoughts on Sunday's game, keys, or anything that you'll be watching for in particular? You've got the Chiefs winning. I got the Eagles winning. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Um, I, I really I don't, I don't care about commercials and halftime shows or anything like that. I mean, this is these are these are the two best teams. The two number one seeds are playing each other. I, you know, Hassan Reddick and that Philadelphia defense, their ability to pressure the quarterback and get after it is is really second to none. They've done a great job of it. I mean, beat the hell out of. Uh, San Francisco, even you know, knock Purdy out of the game and knock the other knock the other guy out of the game, and had to bring Purdy back. And so, I, I really, I think this Eagles 
pass rush is terrific, but Mahomes gets rid of the ball quickly. And he's got an extra two weeks for that ankle to heal, and they've done a great job without Tyreek Hill. They really have. I mean, the guys that they added, Juju Smith-Schuster, and um, they've still got Kelsey, and then uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There's just a lot of good weapons there. They ran the ball pretty efficiently in the playoffs. I think it's going to be you know, a terrific game. Not sure who's going to win. I think what most of us feel like it's going to be one of those you know close three-point yeah. games. I, I, I like Hurts as a quarterback. I do too. Like I like him. Extremely talented kid. I, I enjoy watching him play, so I wouldn't be too upset if they won, just because I enjoy watching Hurts play. It could go either way. I got Philly winning, mostly because I think that when the Eagles are on defense and the Chiefs are on offense, that's going to be like a real thing to watch, right? Because they're both so good at it. But when it's flipped, when the Eagles are on offense and the Chiefs are on defense, unless Chris Jones and Frank Clark just go off, I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs slowing down the the Eagles. I really, really do. It's just so that running game, that rushing attack, AJ Brown, Devontae. It's just it's hard to match up with. That's why I got Philly winning. We'll see what happens. We'll be back on Monday to talk about it. We'll see you then, straight at two o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.